Well, hello, Carl Pullen Gang. Uh, thank you for joining us before the episode. Right. This is Chris. I have Hunter with me. Hunter, say hello. Hi. Thanks for bringing me along. Okay. We're here with you in this special time before the episode to give you some important updates. So, Hunter and I recorded this episode last Tuesday. Uh, that would be... Yes. What, Hunter? Call it the, the 6th the, of July. It, yeah. That sounds like a date that it was. Yep, so we recorded it then, and as I'm editing this video to upload it, it was either Wednesday morning or Thursday morning. I think it was the very next morning, Wednesday morning. The Chicago Gay Men's Choral, Chorus, whatever San it is. Francisco, San Francisco. I'm sorry, I'm mixing up our stories, Hunter. That's yes, right. It's San yep, Francisco's yep. Gay Men's Chorus came out with a song that is... Very directly related to what we were talking about in the episode. So, Tangentially. <laughs> very directly as a tangent. It's, it's related directly. Yes. It, it actually was kind of mind-blowing to hear. Like it's, It is kind of mind-boggling. Uh, yeah, absurd. So let me lay the groundwork a little bit. Today we're talking about the LGBTQIAARP plus two agenda and how it's coming for your children. And we talked about some of the specifics where we see that. And you, you're going to enjoy all that in the episode, so I won't ruin it. But basically the premise was um, the gays are coming for your children. And then the gays released this song. As we celebrate pride on the progress we've made over these past years, there's still work to be done. So to those of you out there who are still working against equal rights, we have a message for you. You think we're sinful? You fight against our rights? You say we all lead lives you can't respect? But you're just frightened? You think that we'll corrupt your kids if our agenda goes unchecked? Funny, just this once, you're correct. We'll convert your children. Happens bit by bit, quietly and subtly, and you will barely notice it. So, Hunter. That seemed good. I don't, when, when do we say, I told you so? Is that now, <laughs> or did, should we gloat later? I mean, it's right. just like, uh, I, I was... We had just finished recording the episode, and then I listened to that. And I was like, "Well, now what do we do?" <laughs> right, we're more than prescient. I guess. I guess now is the time to let you know that Carl Pulling is actually a prophetic show. That's uh, right. We didn't. We didn't know that till literally now, but we're definitely accepting the title without any uh, safeguards. Uh, just whatever that means to you, that's exactly what we mean it. Right. As. Hunter and I are no longer your favorite podcasters. We no. are your favorite prophets. And if you would You're please welcome. start referring to us as such, that right. would be appreciated. Um, Hunter, I'm going to play for you one other snippet of the song. And uh, okay. we'll just see where this leads, okay? So, Great. So here it is. So, yeah, that. Uh, not, not good. Yeah. Well, okay. Not good. 
You don't have to be Milo Yiannopoulos to know that the gay community has a little bit of a problem with fetishizing young boys. Mm. And I'm just, look, I'm not going to read too deep into it, but the idea that you have a group of 200 gay people and they don't know that double entendre is absolutely incorrect. It is 100% Hmm. incorrect. The idea that no one thought, hey, that could also mean something very pedophilic. The idea that that just didn't come up is untrue. Like, I'm not trying to be overly graphic, but they put the song out. And now I'm supposed to pretend like I don't hear it when you know that they did, right? Right. I, I, I mean, that's, for me, that's just, that's disgusting. And it's kind of a dead giveaway. Yeah, uh, I, I I hear you, and I think I think, you know, with this song in particular, I th- and I think you agree with me here is that it's obviously satire, right? Like it, it's it's extremely on the nose, and I think I think the organization is itself even said that. But with that being said, I think there's plenty of times Christopher in the song itself where it's clear that they don't understand that they're what they're. The person they're satirizing, there's also a person there that has like real genuine fears about what this is doing to the culture that they fully admit to, if that sort of makes sense. Yeah. And I yeah. yeah. And I think that's the part of it that that doesn't they don't hear to some extent. Um, not to mention the point that you just made, which is important too, is that you know, had they re- had they had their PR team, so to speak, come out and just listen for a second, they would have been, uh, one second, guys. Uh uh uh, I, I, I'm making an even. I, I, I'm I'm going even further than that, Hunter. I'm saying that. Sure. I'm saying that the PR team heard it and was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's funny. what I'm saying." And we yeah. like. There's no way that they didn't hear it. There's no sure. way that that wasn't a a portion of it. You know Correct. what I'm saying? I just don't. I don't believe you. Right. Um, I I want to look up real quick, Hunter. Uh, vamp for me. I've got to look one thing up because because to your point, they did release a statement. I want to read parts of that. Uh, to be, oh, okay. To be yeah, clear. good. Yeah, and just to kind of like, you know, like, it, you know, is there anything more satirical than the idea of like, we're coming for your children, you know, and I, I think, I, you know, it's Jonathan Swift level satire. And I think it's important to say that because I don't think it's necessarily, you know, saying, ah, they, they got us, you know, we're talking about it, if that makes sense. The point is, there's just some very clear sections. And I think you're going to bring this up too, when you read through their statement, Chris, there's some very clear sections in that song where, where it, it seems to like pass through that to some extent, uh, where it's like, you know, we're going to make your children tolerant. Well, well, I am tolerant. I, I I don't, I, I don't necessarily have to approve of your lifestyle from a religious perspective, but I'm more than willing to allow you to live that way in the same country as me. I'm not going to attack you. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to do anything like that. And that's tolerance. And just because, you know, they use the term, I think, respect your lifestyle. I don't know if I would use those words like to describe how I feel about that. I think there's plenty of gay people I could respect, but you get my point there is that, you know, it, it, the the satire misses the point and misses where a lot of people are coming from on this issue. Um, anyway, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. So, Hunter, we, we had to cut just there because they actually did even change their statement that they had released via Twitter. The statement has changed because it included a set of words that was very telling but very unuseful to them. So they've changed mm. it. I had to find a previous recording of that statement. And so... Here it is. The negative, even threatening response proves that this music and our mission are critically necessary in today's world. 
Many children are not being taught the truth. Our message to you from the gay community, we will continue to do our best to counter the message of hate by teaching young people to be tolerant and fair. Full stop. Uh, okay. So, sure, maybe you're not trying to turn people's children gay. Right. Fine. But you are trying to mold the psyches of their children. Th this is actually the part that people have a problem with. Right. It's not, exactly it's not, right. Most people are not worried that you're going to make their teenagers gay. Right. Most people are worried that you're going to fill their brains with gobbledygook about your agenda that says that they can't have traditional views on sexuality and still be a human being. Right. right. And, and in your statement saying, we're not doing what people are afraid of. It's tongue-in-cheek. It's satire. It's, it's humor. We're not going to try and influence your children. You come out and say that it's your, the mission of your entire community is to change the children. It's right. like... It doesn't help. It hurts. That's exactly what people are talking about. That's exactly what people don't want. I am happy to say that gay people should be treated with as much respect as you treat anybody else. I'm happy to say that uh, they should be allowed to make their own decisions in their own lives and in their own bedrooms and all of that. I can also say that I disagree with those decisions. I don't think that those decisions are... are as good as other decisions that they can make, that traditional sexuality and child rearing has extreme benefits both to you and to the state and to the human population ad infinitum. I can say that there's things that happen at uh, pride events and by any group that, that designates themselves primarily by their sexuality that I think are subpar. I'm allowed to have all those thoughts at the same time. And I'm yep. allowed to teach those to my kids. And yep. it, it's the idea that you think you can come and interrupt me teaching my kids is exactly the conversion that I am worried about. Yes, and I think, I think it's just important to show the back and forth argument here. You know, the satire is we're going to convert your kids into gay people as you know a response to people saying that's what's going to happen if we allow you know the gays to marry right that, that yeah. it's a response to that argument that argument's bad right you know then but their statement there is we're going to turn them into tolerant people and it's like well we have a culture where what a tolerant person is is almost an intolerant person right and that's what we continue to see our education system develop and we as religious people or people with different or traditional views of uh traditional views of sexuality right are basically saying is like well we we want to be able to have that discussion and that um uh education right over our own children to make sure that they hear what we want them to think is sacred and holy right just like you do for your own children however you know through adoption or whatever right and so i think the thing that's like so telling christopher uh because you know there's been death threats to these people and that's that's not a, that's not good that's yeah, wrong that's, that's that evil sucks. and bad right but i think the thing that is telling is okay the video got all this hate it got hate for two reasons right obviously because some yeah. people didn't get the joke and some people like like you and me here are hearing it for exactly what it's saying it's saying and don't like it it's the same problem with the second statement which just shows you why they had to take it down is because people are reacting to not not the fact that you're going to convert our kids right but your but the education and the brainwashing that we're seeing in plenty of other places in our culture is coming here too and that's mm -hmm. not acceptable it's just yeah. not acceptable so uh, absolutely anyway. hunter 
Okay, so that happened on, on Wednesday morning, Thursday morning. So I right. was like, how do we release this episode and not talk about this? Right. So we started discussing what to do. And then on Friday morning, this headline hit the streets. This is from, this is from I'm reading foxnews.com. Chicago schools to offer free condoms to students as young as 10 years old. CPS says the condoms will be provided at no cost to reduce HIV infection and unintended pregnancy. What? What? Let, let me suggest to you that if you have a HIV and unintended pregnancy problem in Chicago schools, that, that condoms are not the cure. You, you've actually misidentified the problem. The problem isn't HIV. The problem isn't right. unwanted pregnancy. The problem is that you have a system or a culture that is teaching 10-year-olds how to have sex. They literally don't know what they're doing. Right. And, and your cure is, well, let's teach them how to do it better. Uh, walk through that situation. Walk through that situation where a 10-year-old comes to the school nurse and you think it's appropriate for the school nurse to give him a condom. Yeah. Tell me a yeah. situation where it's appropriate to, for a school nurse to be saying the word condom to a 10-year-old. Hmm. You pedophiles. Hmm. Yeah. You're pedophiles. That, you, you, are, you are so obsessed with the sexuality of children at the expense of protecting them from sexuality, which is exactly what you should be doing to kids that are 10 years old. And I don't think anyone's surprised to see this in Chicago, of all places. Yeah, I mean, we, we still are feeling the effects of the 60s movement, undoubtedly. But I think the place, as always with all these movements, is you don't know where they're going to stop, unfortunately. Right. Um, and this is where it continues to go and spiral. And, you know, it it comes down to a point that we like to make on this show a lot is, you know, there there needs to be a moral wisdom uh, that people need in their lives reintegrated, you know, and, and when we have this problem with 10 year olds, uh, having increased HIV and increased out of, uh, increased pregnancy, um, if that's actually what's happening on the ground and this just isn't a political statement, right. Um, then we have, we have a problem in our morality and what we're teaching our kids and like, how how are ten year olds alone with other ten year olds where that's a pro, where that's possible? And, you know, it's single, bizarre a, to some a extent. Single, a single motherhood problem is another is another element to this for sure. It absolutely is, and, and I mean, that goes back to your parenthood. point exactly. Isn't yes. that just a moral problem? Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and isn't that exactly what a a portion of the political element is pushing onto our constituents mm. that you can you can make it without a man and government will be daddy and all of these things that we've talked about before mm. like you want to know what the downstream consequences of empowering these women to live whatever kind of selfish lifestyle they want to live is well maybe it's increased hiv for 10 year olds our government's freaking brilliant man sounds good anyhow Look, those two stories are crazy. I'm going to apologize in advance. I got a little hot under the collar in this episode. I don't <laughs> like it when people try and sexualize children. I think that that's disgusting. So uh, this this episode probably gets the explicit rating. Don't worry, it's not too bad. But uh, hide your kids, hide your wife. And uh, yeah, Hunter, anything else to, to put on the bumper? No, I think I think you said it. This is going to be uh, this. 
This is a difficult episode. This is this is a hard one to get through. But I think I think we are finally getting to this point, Christopher, uh, where you know the problem that the gay community is facing is no longer compassion. You know? Oh yeah. And I think you know we're we're having so many. Uh, Everything we talk about in this episode is where it's crossed the line, so to speak. Um, so I, I hope people appreciate it. I hope they get something out of it. And I mm-hmm. also hope they, you know, um, know us and know what we say. You know, this isn't saying those people, it's not saying everyone is bad. It's not saying anything like that. It's not saying that grown adults can't do what grown adults want to do. Um, you know, it's that's between them and God, so to speak. Um, but I just hope people hear it educated and go from there yep yep so give your kid a lollipop and some condoms and put them in the other room and enjoy the rest of the show good lord so just right from the get-go Right off the bat. We apologize for not putting an episode out last week. I think we had to do. We had to not do, you mean. We had to not give you an episode because. Well, I think our our keen listeners are going to know why. (laughs) That's true. Because this happened the last time as well right Mm-hmm. of course it did i mean we gave them the information they needed expertly uh hidden and documented yeah. uh without any mis- any way to mistake it in the episode and but he- only the true fans know this that's right and here's the things i want to make clear the look the clintons <laughs> don't have a contract with us Yet. We're working on that. And as far as you know, John McAfee never existed. So why are you worried that he's dead? Why are you worried about that? And look, just because the two weeks that Carl Pooling misses Epstein and then John McAfee, that's correlation, not causation, okay? Definitely, definitely correlation. We're innocent and and you've got no proof. It's circumstantial at best and you know it. They have no proof, except if they go and listen to those episodes backwards. <laughs> no, on Hunter, the hidden... Hunter, Hunter, don't, oh. <laughs> don't tell them about the backtracked episodes. Just wanted to make sure, you know, they knew it was there. It's not like we're not being honest with them. Yeah, so. it's a David Lynch film. It sounds amazing. <laughs> like it the does. Red Room and Twin Peaks. Okay, back on target now. John McAfee, God rest your soul. I have no idea what to think about that at this point. Maybe we'll mm-hmm. do we'll do an episode about it in the future. Very very strange what went on there though. He gets yes. a tattoo on his body that says I won't kill myself and then what was it 2 hours after his extradition to the US went through, he's found dead of a suicide. Um and, and again, it wasn't us. It couldn't have been. It wasn't been us. Because There's no way. We have a totally different alibi that totally checks out. It definitely does. So Absolutely checks now out. Now that we all agree that we didn't do it, I agree. Kyle, you sit down. Hunter agrees. Uh, the internet agrees. Why don't we get into the show? Welcome. 
thank you for joining us. This is Carl Pooling. Carl Pooling is a show that'll get you fired. We talk about everything that you're not allowed to talk about, whether it's politics, religion, psychology, art, literature, uh, homeopathic cures to the common cold. We discuss it here. You listen on speaker at your desk and you get fired by your crappy HR department. We appreciate you. Thank you for joining us. And let's jump right into it. So, Hunter, to bestow upon us and the humble listeners the roadkill, if you would. Well, you know, now that we've gotten the fact that, that we definitely haven't had anything to do with the Clintons ever, nor even know what they look like if someone pointed them out to us, we'd yeah. be like, who? Um, we need to talk about July 4th, which was the real big thing that happened uh, this past week. Um, which has been fraught with all kinds of strange celebrations. There's been fireworks going off, and we all know that's just bad. And Christopher, uh, Cory Bush, representative of the United States Congress, agrees with us. Uh, she says that it's only for white people because black Americans just aren't free yet. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, that makes sense i suppose look it takes too much energy to keep disagreeing with you people sure if that's what you think <laughs> sure <laughs> sure like if you can't enjoy a hot dog and some fireworks don't <laughs> like i don't know what to tell you now your your predilection that all black people should follow you in that miserable task is is unnecessary but whatever if you think it's not for you uh don't celebrate it i don't know spend your time doing something else like i don't know Moving to a different country. Just kidding, yeah. you can't, because most countries don't have very egalitarian or open immigration policies, and you have no marketable skills. So, yeah, good luck getting into your coveted Finland, you loser. Um, Ooh. Anything else? There were there were so many bad takes on, on, uh, on the 4th of July. I saw a bunch of people saying that fireworks were traumatizing and selfish. Yeah, and I was, was like, absurd. "So is the fact that you draw breath, like you continue to breathe, taking yeah, oxygen out of the atmosphere, so that you can speak nonsense." We all remember a couple of years back when, like, people were saying clapping was was a very bad sin. Um, that if you clapped when someone was speaking, that that got on people's nerves, and that because you're getting on their nerves, that was a hate attack or something like that. And I, I think the nonsense we saw about fireworks was the same thing like look if you really don't want to deal with the fireworks just airbnb yourself right out of that problem yeah you know there's got to be some place where you'll be safe like the bottom so, of the ocean or a deep like the bottom pit. of the ocean yeah but i mean that that's that's the game man you know people set off fireworks that's part of it that's how we celebrate that holiday it's just like christmas lights during christmas uh, you know, which, you know, some people may be like, that's a, that's a light pollution. That traumatizes you know, which, me. It looks like a thousand tiny fires. It looks like a thousand tiny fires. That's and right. how, who can say they're not? They kind of are in a weird way. So, hey, uh, anyway, Hey, mind blown, so sir, they kind of <laughs> are in a certain way in a certain way. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's just an absurd world where we can't celebrate, uh, the independence of America. Um, we got Juneteenth. But that even that wasn't really good enough, and people are just going to continue to be upset and say that they're slaves when they're not. So, fantastic. <laughs> that's that's the height of, of like first world self 
self-important decadent problems is i'm going to live in the freest most prosperous country in the world and claim to be a slave it yes. is freaking hilarious uh which is why we made this show you created it you losers okay <laughs> um but on a more on a more patriotic note happy birthday america 245 years you are from a cultural perspective an infant still and uh i think a it was baby. matthew mcconaughey who came out last week and said uh, America finds itself in it going through puberty. We're, we're journeying into our <laughs> adolescence. Sometimes it's important to remember that we are quite young. Um, yes. However, I don't know that we can then use that to relegate these growing pains just to the fact that we're young. It seems that these are existential issues and not just, not just prepubescent ones. But we shall see indeed. In the meantime, it's good to be in America. It's good to be of America. It's never put a drop of silver or gold in my pocket. Not true, but I say God bless it. Anyhow, happy birthday, 245. It's a a pretty interesting one. Do you think we're going to do some big, like, China-esque celebration for the 250th? Where we get out out in the streets and there's floats and parades and... That seems rather optimistic to me. I don't think we'll make it. You don't think we'll make it? Yeah. I kind of have to agree with you. All right, well, let's get into our main topic today, then, Hunter. And we're going to... Today's topic is important. It's important for a bunch of different reasons, and it's probably going to be more immediately relevant to our listeners with children, of which there are many. Uh, However, I think it's relevant for everyone, because battle lines are being drawn around a set of issues, and things are moving incredibly quickly uh, around a, a... movement around an ideological movement and that movement that we're going to discuss today is the lgbtqia plus two spirit movement um if i've missed you i don't care mm. so mm. the the window the overton window on this issue the the framing of valid opinions on this issue is changing more rapidly than I think that we realize. I, I want to remind everyone, and I, I looked this up today to confirm, it was not until May of 2012 when Barack Obama, or as you like to call him, Black Jesus, hmm. descended from his, his bigoted high horse and deemed to be in favor of gay marriage. Like, that's kind of an amazing statistic. We're say, We're talking about... It's been nine years since the king of woke decided that gay people should get married. And there were all these arguments on the right, not really the libertarian right, but the Republican right, saying, well, it's a slippery slope, and if you're going to legalize this, why not legalize other things? And people often terminated those arguments into one of two particularly unsavory avenues and they were pedophilia or bestiality right like well if you're gonna let two dudes get married well then you might as well go ahead and let uh a you know a dude and a child or a dude and a goat get married and i'm like whoa 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 move to iran but and they're like for which one i'm like it doesn't matter (laughs) both (laughs) anyhow uh, Aisha was what eleven? Muhammad? I don't know. Shots fired. Let's do this thing. So 
the libertarians came out and we defended against that. And we made this argument that slippery slope is a fallacy. And that is true. But it's important to remember also that slippery slope fallacy doesn't mean the underlying argument is fallacious. It means that using a slippery slope construction is fallacious. So it's not true that because something is indicative of a slippery slope that the, the antecedent cannot be followed. It only means that it doesn't necessarily follow. Does that make sense what I'm trying to get at here? Yeah, I think so. So there is a there there we've had 9 years since homosexual marriage <clears throat> was even believed in by the most woke and truly if you look at the state of the LGBTQ movement and activists and the policies that are enacted in the west from now to nine years ago, I truly think the landscape is almost completely recognizable. When you take a minute to look at how far the shift has gone, it's it's a totally different landscape. And I think that some of the predilections of those who are worried about the slippery slopedness of this particular issue are being proven at least partially correct. And that's what I think we're going to get into today. So we're going to talk about the fact that the the activists, the LGBTQ activists, are after your children. Hunter, any introduction? Very, very, very minor uh, deal. Well, and this is the thing, is it's not really, uh, you know, there's nothing really there that's like hiding the ball. You know, the truth is that... I think it might be better to start the conversation off with a good little context here. You know, LGBT, uh, really, uh, the lesbian, gay, bisexual, all center around um, sex, right? They they have to explicitly. You know that that is the conversation you're having when you when you invoke the that part of the acronym. Uh, transsexual. Uh, you know, doesn't necessarily have much to do with that. It has to do with genitalia. It has to do with modifying genitalia, or it has to be with expressing yourself as the other gender without modifying your genitalia. Um, but it doesn't necessarily involve sex, if you get what I'm trying to say. Uh, it doesn't tell you how that person wants to copulate. Um, <laughs> that being said, those it should be something that should just be obvious that that conversation with children is supposed to happen at a certain time, right? Those issues are not necessarily what children need to be focused on in their primary development, right? Sure, sure. Uh, there's, there's a lot of things kids have to learn. Uh, not to pee in lunchtime is a great one. You know, you can't, that's something you might need to learn in kindergarten. Uh, not to throw mashed potatoes at your teacher, not to scream and yell, how to manage your emotions, how to like play sports and all these other things. Learn basic history, learn basic math, learn basic literature. And you're really not uh, an intelligent enough person to handle a sexual life at eight, right? And it's just obvious. In fact, your body's not even ready to do that at that young, right? But even when we get to ages, when that becomes an option, you know, around 12, it doesn't mean we're 
automatically engaged to start having, you know, perfect conversations about that, to completely understand what all that means, to understand what those relationships are. However, what we continuously see is that younger and younger and younger, uh, it's these television shows, these cartoons even, that are the toys that are, that kids are played with is where this is showing up. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's not, it is not because of some conspiracy. It's not because of some uh, crazy thought or anything like that. It's not because people are wanting to do that. It, it's just simply because um, people in those industries are getting jobs and they're wanting to share those stories, which is a natural phenomenon to occur. Um, it makes sense why it's happening. But the question I think we all need to ask ourselves, is that something we want happening to children at that age? And I think I think it becomes cl- obvious that not everybody's comfortable with, you know, sex being directed to their children at that young yeah. of an age. And Hunter, I'm going to push it a little bit further than I think that you did in that, that sentence there. I, okay. I actually think that there are plenty of gay people that are appalled by what they're seeing right now. I think sure. that there's actually a more insidious underpinning to this than simply a desire to tell a story. I actually think that there is a there is an indoctrination going on here and, and I'll get into it more later, but, but maybe, maybe let me, let me open up with a story. Uh, then I think we, we owe it to the listeners to provide some specific examples, some sure. evidence for this claim that these activists are targeting your kids with what I would call propaganda, either, either sexual propaganda or gender propaganda and then I want to answer the question as to why I think why. I think it's actually worse than maybe you do, and we can discuss that perhaps. I think I think there's probably some people that are going to fit more into the line of what you're talking. I also think that um, as society has continued to uh, say that this lifestyle is okay, as the uh, harshness and the bigotry around it has been erased right i think there's just people there that are like oh well i never had a young girl who looked like me in this stuff and i want to tell her story and i'm not saying that's a very careful or thought out idea mm-hmm. or anything like that i think i think that's just i don't know 80 percent of what's happening there but i agree with you there's probably some weird stuff going on too yeah well um, yeah I, I disagree with that so we'll see where we'll see where that shakes out um you don't think there that that's not the case at all no or you oh, think i that, think i think it i think it is much more influenced by a desire to influence rather than a desire to self-express. Okay. Um, I don't, I don't think it's the case, not necessarily the case that none of that is happening. I just think that it's far weighted. I don't think it's 80% one way. I think it's, okay. I think it's far outweighed by um, the primary goal of those activists. Anyway, let me start out with this story. So this is actually how I met my fiance. So we were, on, I, I get a call one day from a director friend of mine. He knew a couple of things about me. He knew that I spoke a little Russian and that – and the Clintons appreciate that, by the way, especially when we're on missions. And, Very much so. <laughs> and that I was familiar with weapons and that I owned some weapons. And he said basically he was directing a movie. He needed someone to play an extra, more or less – and I was just supposed to yell some things in Russian and run around with a gun. And could I come to his parents' house later where he was filming? They have a, a very interesting um, urban apartment. And bring bring a firearm that I had made safe with me. So I said, sure. I took the firing pins out of a couple guns. I showed up. 
and the lead actress in the film was uh what can i say she was completely taken with me um powerless to resist my wit and my charms whenever she wasn't filming a scene she followed me around like a lost puppy and she'll confirm this if you ever ask her about <laughs> it it's 100 percent true the way i'm describing it uh the next night i got invited to the rap party which because that was their last day of filming i was a total emergency and i show up to the party and my director friend knew that i was very conservative and i'm surrounded by all of these these folks you know these actors and writers and comedians very very liberal crowd and at the time this was i guess about about two and a half or three years ago and they they we were surrounded in the zeitgeist of frozen 2 coming out and of course they care a lot about it because they're uh uh they're adult children who are still interested in in disney films uh (laughs) so they were talking about this idea before frozen 2 had come out that there was a there was a rumor rumor yeah that there was going to be a lesbian character in frozen 2 and they were talking about it and here's the conversation is well it's just love love is love like there's all different kinds of loves why shouldn't there be a lesbian character there's been so many straight characters it's time to finally have a a lesbian character and i was like well these people are all a little bit retarded and sure. and my in the dir- kindest way. Yeah, I mean, I didn't say anything. I was just going to live and let live at this party. Sure, 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 sure. My director friend knew I was conservative. And uh, I also had this inkling that this, that this girl was interested in me, the, the principal female actress from the night before. So she goes off on an absolute scree about how we needed to accept people and we needed to love each other and... Then my director friend steps in immediately afterwards and says, well, Chris, why don't you say what you think? <laughs> and I was like, well, uh, here, I guess this is over. I just, I just, I, I demurred the first time. And then he, he pushed the issue and I said this, more or less. A hundred percent of children are born through the heterosexual combination of gametes, Period. What that means is that for a vast, vast, vast majority of children, they're born into a heterosexual household. And I'm not saying all those households are good, but I am saying that the vast majority of them, virtually all of them are heterosexual, where they're born into. Most children grow up with a mommy and a daddy, and they also understand that they're a product of the mommy and the daddy, even if they don't understand that empirically, They understand it biologically. And so when another mommy kisses another daddy in public, it's not for them a question of anything other than reproduction and family status. When a man kisses another man, that's not true. They don't have a biological encoding for understanding that. They are not necessarily equipped to deal with that. So then they ask the question, why? Well, what is the answer? Because when a kid asks why a mommy and a daddy kiss, the answer is procreation, the family unit. But when a man and a man kiss, the only answer is pleasure. 
right? It has to be. That's what you laid it out at the beginning. There's these, the lesbian, gay, bisexual. It's what you like to put what in, in what configuration, at what time of the, you know. Yes. Yes. It's about pleasure. There is no reproduction in anything but a heterosexual coupling like that. And so here's the question. And, and you know, now the room is totally silent. I've got some very angry faces. I've got some bored faces. I've got some I've never heard somebody talk like this before faces. I said, here's the question. How comfortable are you with opening a child's mind up to the idea of sexual pleasure? Are you willing to market sexual pleasure to a six-year-old, a five-year-old, a four-year-old? Because you know they're all going to go see Frozen 2. Correct. It's my stance that we should be as far away from that line as possible. That as far as romantic relationships are involved, adults can consent. Kids can't even consent to get a tattoo. Kids can't consent to buy a box of cigarettes. I don't want to, without their consent, open their mind to the idea of sexual pleasure. I think that you could take it out far enough to where it would be child abuse. And I want to stay very far away from that line. Uh, so I was like, well, I guess things are over here. Because she had just finished a rant, right, about how... Right how impossibly bigoted it was not to want a lesbian couple in in frozen 2 she came over she sat next to me she said okay just talk i need to i need to <laughs> understand more about these ideas because nobody talks like that and now what 3 years later we're engaged to be married that was that was a couple of years ago 9 years since obama said that right. that gay marriage should be legal Think about how much distance we've covered in that short amount of time. And back when we were making that argument, you had people on the left defending the position like, no, that's a crazy conspiracy theory. It's not going to come for your kids. It's not going to come for other animals. It's not. It, this is just about consenting adults. A and right. we believed them because that was reasonable. Let's talk about some examples now about exactly what is happening because it turns out that this will not come to your kids, it was a lie. It, it seems to me, based on the evidence, that what was permissible is now necessary. It's being forced upon folks. So, Hunter, why don't you start? Yeah, um, just to kind of go off what you said, I think I agree with everything you said. I, th I think there's quite a change in the temperature. I also think that was always a bad lie. You know, if if that makes sense too, um, you know, I think I think people that would have been hoodwinked by that don't have a context for history or anything of the sort. I also think the fact too is that, you know, well, I'll say two things. Two things more is the timeline on stuff happens just a lot faster than people are comfortable with. Um, sure, you know, things change at a blistering rate, and so you know, it's just nine years. Yes, it is just nine years, and in nine years, a lot of stuff happens. But it doesn't ch change the fact that we're in a completely different space. And I think if you compare the two, we're not we're we're in a place which is has some dire consequences. I think, and it should be worked uh, diligently to avoid. Yeah, I guess I'm just um, thinking like, show me the conservative position that's shifted so radically in nine years. Correct. I can't. Well, I can't point you to one. No, you can't. But that that's also the nature of of 
conservatism to some I extent agree, as well. I agree. I agree with you uh, that that's that's how conservatives work. I'll mm. also say though that what what Obama believed nine years ago is now further back than the most acceptable conservative opinion. Yes, it is. Which it is. that's a that that's still an amazing amount of movement. Yes, I also think this is one of the places where America as a culture is the most sensitive, so to speak. This is the place where we feel like we have the least to say, which is marginalized people being marginalized, right? Which is essentially, it, 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 it's similar to slavery, right? It's this person was always hated, you know, torn up against and belittled, and therefore, you know because of our history and past and everything we've done there, we take that sucker punch really hard. There's nothing worse than me calling a racist, right? Just like there's nothing worse than me calling, uh, being called bigoted. And so I think, you know, at, at some point, this this sting is the hardest for Americans to defend against, too. Sure. Right. Yeah, we seem, I, we seem unbelievably ill-prepared for this fight. That's right. And I still think that doesn't change the fact that, look, you know, Adults are adults, right? They can figure that thing out on their own. Kids are a whole different story, right? Especially my kids, your kids, somebody else's kids, right? It all matters. And, you know, it's it's not like a, parents can't have that decision of what to show their children and what not. But when society at large and culture at large move in the same direction and there doesn't seem to be choice, when those industries and those companies seem to they have all the speaking power seem to change on a dime it's very strange it's very weird and it's not possible necessarily at scale to defend against some of that stuff um except doing what conservatives do best which is running away uh, <laughs> and, and building going to your tree fort right uh and saying don't come in here i have all the guns um it's so an amazing the, tree fort <laughs> i mean it's a very cool you tree should fort. want to visit the tree fort um, I'm going to just start off with a couple of uh, quick ones here. Um, okay. And, I'll stop you and if I, I want to talk more about them. Okay. So Lego takes flack from activists upset that its progressive pride toy set is rated 18 plus. Interesting. Right. I, I think uh, this, this says it this all. Lego set is just like bricks that make the, the bizarre flag. Like the yeah, Chevron. Like that. It's chevron shellac rainbow flag. It's a very it's a very ugly flag to be fair. Right. It, it's uh it's some figurines, different hairstyles, um, and faceless heads, each in the color of progressive pride flag. So it's a couple of little dudes that kind of like create the progressive flag uh uh flag and I know you didn't mean to say dudes back there. By the way, well, I just meant people. But <laughs> yes, uh, and the set includes also a purple colored drag queen. So there's there's all so, but they rated it eighteen plus. Now, granted, there's nothing in that set that is eighteen plus. It's just Lego figurines, but the content is. Yeah, the, con- the content oh, is and the context, right? Like the context right, exactly. is eighteen plus. Is what I was just talking about. Yes, but what's interesting is that the the transgender activists instead of saying or or the 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 lgbtqia aarp activists instead of saying hey well that's cool we got a lego set what do they come out and say not enough not enough right, how exactly. dare you not give this to kids i mean isn't that how what they're saying kids. when you it's do exactly that it's it's how dare you try and keep this out of the hands of children that's weird 
It is weird. We, like, you should mark that that is a very strange argument to make. Okay, let's keep it, going. It, this would be the same as, like, you know, of, you know, basically saying that we'd have to, you know, instruct children in some sexual manner about heterosexuals that wasn't appropriate, you know? Yeah. It, it, it's, it's just very strange. Very strange. Um, so, moving on, uh, Disney Plus hosts Pride event featuring, any yeses? It's going to be a drag queen, right? Kermit the Frog. Wait, Kermit the Frog's a drag queen? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. So basically, they're using the lovely uh, quintessential Kermit uh, to celebrate pride. Yeah. This, right? And, and showing kids that this is okay. Don't you love the Muppets that your parents wa- let you watch? Here's Kermit telling you about another thing that's totally fine and cool. Right? In, in a very similar vein, on Blue's Clues recently... There was a episode that was just in that just premiered during last month, where Blue, in the course of finding his clues, goes to a pride parade, and pride as a concept is explained to the viewer and Blue from a drag queen on the show. So, like to be clear, drag queens they dress up. They're men, gay men, who dress up as sexualized women, explaining the different kinds of, quote, love to children during daytime TV. What? <laughs> like, what? When, is, when would it be acceptable to have heterosexuality become a part of daytime TV? Right. Like, heterosexuality for pleasure, to be clear. Yes, yes, yes. That's, that's the clear difference between these two, is that... You know, there is a mother and father relationship, right? Parenting and things like that. That is, uh, that is biologically understood by children. That argument that you gave in the beginning about Frozen, right? Right. That doesn't exist for LGBT, uh, um, and that's, you know, that that is the that is the nature of being the organisms that we are, right? That is the nature of being mammals, right? Right. There, there isn't. It's it's not a question of hatred or anything like that it's that that is how the species continues right and so and and again the question pertains why is this in a children's show what is going on in the halls of power because i don't even see this kind of naked advertisement in in shows for adults this expositive explanatory yeah you'll have a gay character but most of the time when someone's entire character is being gay people find it pedantic or tiring but in these children's shows they'll explain the entire concept i mean this is a little weird it reads a little bit like propaganda and it's weird that it's going it's being punted into the middle of a children's show without any clear guidance or explanation to the parents it does very much seem like this is trying to circumnavigate the parents of the household in order to get into the hands of children right i mean the yeah the equivalent that we see is the how every logo turns rainbow colored in the month of june to to denote that all these companies care deeply about selling a ton of products to uh idiots I think is mm. how that reads, but mm. it's this kind of naked acceptance, this naked um, activism in the middle of the show 
seems subversive. It seems sneaky. Yeah, it does. And it, it, it it's weird. It's just strange that this is the conversation that people want to have with your children when your back is turned, so to speak, right? Like, oh my goodness, I need to get dinner done. Let me just throw something on Netflix real quick. Right, right, this exactly. cartoon looks good. It's Kermit right? the Frog, and, right? It's Kermit the Frog, right? Exactly. And it's like, it, it, it has to be safe. Like, they wouldn't show my children this, right? And as we've all learned from what our institutions and our government and different things is, is that they have their interests at play, right? And when those interests don't align with yours, they can very quickly uh, change to what you're, they can, they can quickly move you to a direction that you don't want to be moved into, uh, or that you find uncomfortable to discuss with your children. And I, I think we can all agree that anything sexually related with children is wrong and is uh, a conversation that doesn't need to be having when kids are young. Um, yeah, well, well let's, a, let's be clear about that. It's very important for you to teach your children about what's a good touch and what's a bad touch, what's acceptable for another adult to do to you, what's acceptable for another adult not to do to you. To understand what parts of their body are private. Yes, to, under, to understand those types of things. I, I think that a part of that conversation would be, hey, guess what? Another adult shouldn't be talking to you about your or his genitals. Right. Right? That should be part of that conversation. Part of that conversation, as a ridiculous part of that conversation, but a part of that conversation should be, hey, the adults who make Blue's Clues and the adults who puppet Kermit the Frog shouldn't be teaching you about sex. Right? Right. Like, that's, that's part of this, hey, make sure that nobody molests you and you have to tell mommy and daddy when something like this happens it seems like that would fall into the category of something that an adult would want to know about but until now how did we ever know that we had to worry about that from a dog that leaves paw prints on clues like that's that's crazy town yes yeah it's strange and and yet Um, these examples that we're going through here these are these are the child's play examples and i don't mean the ones that uh anthropomorphize and, and bring to life a doll and then chase you around the house and try to stab you to death i'm talking about the the weakest examples like we're getting we're going to get into some more examples about ways in which they're after their kids that are far more insidious than this but even these are like they're they're already bordering on what i would consider pedophilia in fact i don't even have to say bordering it is just pedophilia i'll get into why later um, yeah, there's a great report also at Insider uh, talking about a lot of these uh, LGBT, LGBT uh, individuals who are um, working at these companies, uh, working on getting this information, and unapologetically, that's their goal. Uh, you can go look at that too. It's at Insider. Um, one thing, one of the you things mean I getting found these s- messages into these kids shows and whatnot. Correct. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I found just bizarre about reading that article too is that it said that you know sometimes they had to take the brunt from their colleagues and it was dangerous for them to do this and just the the, the scariness they faced and how it was a bunch of white men that were running these organizations before they came involved and never once in the entire article did I ever see one of them getting fired or one of them getting canceled or anything like that. I didn't read it all perfectly, but I'm just telling you that it, it every I was looking for it. I was trying to find the opportunity where these people were getting hunted down, so to speak. And it doesn't seem you mean to the be people that, that were putting this content into the children's shows. That's right. Yeah, yeah like they, there's there. it doesn't seem to be a, a thing at all. So it's very strange. 
and that's that goes back to the initial point of how far have we come in just in just nine short years Correct. this would yeah. not have been on tv nine years ago right. it would not have and, and if it was it would be a moral outrage from across the political spectrum there is there are strange activities and strange and numbers emanating from political points of view that are providing cover to what is otherwise clearly pedophilic, completely objectionable material. Let's keep going. Let's keep going about things targeted to kids, things made to circumnavigate the parents. I've got a couple more examples of those, and then we can get into some really serious stuff, I think. Okay. So... We've all been seeing the school boards in America being shown for what they truly are this year with their lack of caring about the safety of kids and vaccines, with their insistence on not never teaching a day again, uh, a day of their life again, because they actually hate teaching and hate children. Um, we've, we've seen them show their heads. One of the things that we've seen is some of the material that they've been pushing out to children and the outrage that ensues when that material is shared with the parents of those children. There's been several stories this year about teachers losing their minds when one of their students does the correct thing and shows their parents something that they're being taught that they don't think is acceptable. I'm going to go back to one of my favorite examples of this, and by favorite I mean most disgusting examples of this, and it's the genderbred man. So this is part of curriculum in parts of the United States right now. In fact, I looked it up today. Now they're up to version four of the genderbred man. And the genderbred man is a, is a gingerbread creature, like a gingerbread character, like from a fairy tale, uh, targeted at children to explain to them the differences between sex, gender, and identity, and biology. So it's got a gingerbread man, and in his brain he has his identity, and his heart he has his gender, and then in on his genitals he has his biology, and they use it as a teaching aid to explain that there is some type of divergence between having a penis and being attracted to girls and wanting to dress like a boy. Uh, it's it's effectively low-grade smut for kids. There was another one that was shown out on the, on the West Coast as well this year, and it was, t- it was trying to prevent sexual violence. But the way it did it, and this is a video that they were showing to elementary-age kids, showed a grown man cartoon with a hard-on sticking through his shorts and a scared little girl in the corner. This was part of the curriculum. Like... Clearly sexual material that is being showed to elementary age kids and, and used, to, uh, used under the guise of explaining uh, sex and, and preventing sexual violence to them. But it's clearly just sexual material for children. It's hmm. very, very strange what's going on in the teachers' unions. And this is a similar area where we see the parents being circumnavigated. To jump off the... It, is it the genderbred man? Is the that gen, his name? Gen, genderbred, I think. Yeah. I'm I'm also I'm more familiar with the gender unicorn, which is essentially the same thing, which is a unicorn with uh, you know, 
it has its brain, which is a rainbow showing its gender identity, uh, their gender expression, the sex they're assigned at birth, which is their genitalia, mm-hmm. uh, who they're physically attracted to, and who they're emotionally attracted to, which is an interesting concept. Uh, but Does it have this balls is... hanging below its horn? No. Well, I've got a revision for them that I think they're going to be very <laughs> interested in. No doubt about it. Yeah. Mostly because they're a bunch of horny pedophiles. Yeah. Um, disgusting. It is disgusting. It's disgusting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let, let me give one more. And, and here we're going to transition into some of the more serious stuff. Unless you've okay. got another light, lightweight one for us, Hunter. I don't. The only one else I have is such disgusting. Uh, is that uh, is that the um, the Washington Post? Wapo. Yeah. Yes. We'll, we'll get to that one. Uh, maybe we'll get yeah. to that one last then. So let me r- knock out a couple more bits of evidence here so we can get to that one and then get into our analysis, which sounds like we're going to have a cool discussion about. So here, here's the, this is incredibly serious. It's still in the vein of circumnavigating the parents. This has everything to do with the activist stance on these types of things in Portland, Oregon. You can go on puberty blockers and hormone replacement therapy at age 12 without consent or notification to your parents. This is a huge deal. What's worse is that age 15, you can get gender reassignment surgery without notification or consent of your parents, and the state will pay for it. This is crazy. Do you understand that a child at age 15, it would be illegal in almost every circumstance for their genitalia to be touched by the doctor that performs that surgery and yet if he is if his plan instead of fondling them is to chop off their genitalia and then replace it with some type of jack skellington's girlfriend sally-esque monstrosity of stitches and inflatable bladders and and horrifying mechanism that this all of a sudden becomes okay, and you don't even have to let the parents know, hey, by the way, we're about to chop your son's dick off. It's a People should... Um, we really haven't talked a lot about uh, transsexuals in this conversation, but it, it's one of those things that people should become mildly educated on, is what actually happens in sexual reassignment surgery. Um, and, and the, the, the gamut of it, because yeah. as far as like, you know, what happens to boys who become women, uh, Chris was giving you a vivid, uh, description of that. Um, if you want to learn more, um, oh, what is that book that Abigail Schreier wrote? Oh, um, um irreversible damage, irreversible damage. Well done. Um, she go, she, she, ex- she investigates what's happening, which Christopher did a great job of already describing is all these people who are basically making it a, a possible and legal for your child to get these surgeries. Uh, but from a girl's perspective, um, without your consent, without your involvement in, in these various states, um, you know, there has to be with, with girls in particular, um, I'm not going to get too graphic with it, but what you should know is that additional tissue is needed. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And that tissue comes from the forearm yeah. of the young girl in question, which can lead to insane amount of scarring. It can lead to nerve damage. It can lead to all kinds of problems. And you shouldn't know that because it's gross. You should know that because you know what people are being allowed to do to children 
in the name of tolerance and diversity, and it should sicken you. Yeah. There's another interesting discussion here. I'll just say one more thing just to, just to further horrify the listeners. Maybe we'll yeah, put out a supplemental episode where we describe these surgeries in detail and yeah. give it the explicit rating for sure. Right. If you've ever seen somebody trim crepe myrtles, uh, they use these they use these shears that have two long posts and then a short rounded hooked cutting blade on the tip. That's used in the surgery. So just just know that that is an element of it. It is truly truly horrific what goes on in these surgeries. And, and again, I'm a libertarian well, it, it, in in most ways. The, right. Consenting adults do what consenting adults want to do. These children are not allowed to buy a carton of, I'm not going to swear, a carton of cigarettes. freaking cigarettes. They cannot buy a they cannot buy a carton of cigarettes. And you're letting them make this decision to chop off part of their forearm and attach it to their pelvis. This is crazy. And the people that do this to children, the, a society that doesn't call that pedophilic is a society that is demented and decaying. It, it is truly disgusting. There's another interesting conversation here, Hunter, about how incongruent trans activism is with the rest of the LG, the G's and the B's. Yes. And maybe it's a conversation for a different time. However, they, the activists, the activists use this entire umbrella as the reason for which we should allow children to en engage in this trans activity, right? It's about diversity. It's about inclusion. It's about acceptance. It's about the pride sure. flag. Look at us all here together. Yeah. However, the individual members of those constituents don't only want different things. They're actually logically incongruent. And I know what you're thinking, logic that parochial old vestige of the white patriarchy. But but they they truly cannot cohabitate reasonably in the same mental arena uh, as long as facts and logic are your guide. Maybe we leave that alone for now. Um, but yeah, that this is this is happening in America and, and in other mm -hmm. countries as well. And you just add in drag queen story hour at your local library and it after enough of these examples, it becomes impossible to deny that the, these activists are after your children. They're interested in propagandizing to your children. Uh, sure. What about, what about um, what's his name? I will remember it. Luna Younger. Remember Luna Younger? The, I, don't, the, I don't. I'm unaware of this. The kid from Texas. 15-month court battle. His dad lost custody of him. His mom was granted full conservatorship because he wanted to wear a dress to school. Right, and and yeah. there were videos that came out that he said he was dressing up like a girl because it made mommy happy and because mommy told him to. And yet this man lost his child because of it. Lost yeah. his child. In Canada, there's there's uh, Bill, what is it? It's I think it's State Bill 89, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, Bill 89. It's basic. It's funny because it's actually the, basically the same style of bill that Jordan Peterson came to prominence on the back of Bill C-16. It adds the wording from the Ontario Human Rights Code to a social worker's disposition on a child in a house, and it's actually being used to remove children from houses that don't agree with the state's position on on 
trans rights and and same-sex marriage. So basically, if you're not teaching the proper LGBTQIAARP plus two values in the home or allowing your kid to start hormone blockers or allowing your kid to start HRT, they can actually come and remove the child from your home and then they have to use that same standard from the Ontario Human Rights Code to put your child into a foster care situation or an adoption situation that will uphold those values. Hmm. Crazy. Crazy stuff. Um, these last two I want to talk about just a second, Hunter, because I think it's going to become relevant in the discussion that comes next. But in, in this case, children aren't just being indoctrinated. They've already been indoctrinated, but what's happening after they've been indoctrinated? Well, they're being used as bargaining chips. In Canada and in Texas, you believe what we want you to believe or you'll lose the kids. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a crazy assertion of power. Yeah, no, you're right. It's so so we, the indoctrination happens and and you we've heard all about rapid onset gender dysphoria where one little girl decides that she wants a twig and berries and all of a sudden every girl in the class is trans. Right? So they get the indoctrination in. These kids hear about it. They decide they want to try it. And then all of a sudden it spreads to all of their friends. We've already talked about the recidivism rate for gender dysphoria in kids. We talked about that before on the show. That if that 90, you know, 50% of kids will exhibit some kind of dysphoric behavior and 99, over 99% of them revert back if they're just simply ignored. <laughs> like no intervention necessary will, will, revert back away from that behavior and yet if you start hrt if you start puberty blockers if you start any kind of replacement therapy they will instead be locked in generally a hundred percent of the time to pursuing a transition and christopher to, to that point you know i remember when our cousin rebecca got a poly pocket uh when we were very very young yeah and both of us went to mom and said well we want a poly pocket because we're kids and that's what kids do and they want things and i remember my mom bought or our mother bought both of us a poly pocket we played with that poly pocket it was a girl's toy it was pink it was you know it, back in the day when there were girl, girls toys right yeah and yeah and we we enjoyed playing with it and then we put it down never touched it again uh, and it was over. I remember uh, when we would go over to some of our friends' house that were girls, and we'd be playing while our parents were talking. They would hilariously dress us up in a pink tutu that they had from the, one of their dance classes. And then we'd go downstairs, and we'd be in a pink tutu, and it'd be funny. It's like, oh, look at us wearing the girls' clothes. You know, oh, that's so funny. Right. And then you'd run upstairs, and you'd take it off, and it'd be done. And, and, it's, and not and it's once just, did anyone take you seriously because you were darned six years old. Right, like, exactly. No one expect. No one said, "Okay, he put on a dress." That means he knows so much more about sex and sexuality and gender than the adults that are surrounding him. That would Correct. be completely freaking preposterous if we did right. that. And yet, and this gets me so wild up, Hunter, because these are these are children. You know, there was a joke at our high school that that. I was gay because I wore lipstick to class more times than one of the girls in the class. I showed up <laughs> with a, a dress, and one of our teachers, I won't say which one because she might get in trouble, 
would sneak away with me to the to the restroom to help me stuff my bra so it didn't look so <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> I'm not joking. And I didn't do it because I was dysphoric necessarily. I did it because I was hilarious. The point pertains. You wouldn't then go and say, okay, well, you know what we should do because he wore a dress one time? We should seriously consider talking to this child about chopping his own dick off. That would right, be insane right. to do that. And yet, I guess I'm the one taking crazy pills because that's exactly what's happening here. And and here's here it gets worse. And this is where I disagree with you a little bit, Hunter, because we indoctrinate the kids, we indoctrinate the kids, we indoctrinate the kids, and then what do we do? What do we do? You agree or we take them away. Right. Now we're now we're into some weird territory for sure. I think I want to just say that I think the scope of this conversation went a little bit beyond what I thought it was originally going to be. Hence my disagreement. <laughs> Hence my disagreement with you at the beginning. I, I was thinking mostly we we're going to stick to like children's cartoons and things of that nature. I, I didn't know necessarily that we were going to oh, jump sure. into. And so like there, I think my point stands, but I think I completely agree with you when we start to talk about some of the political, political ramifications and also mm. just the legal stuff that's going on. That it, something different's afoot there. Uh, yeah. And, if, if it stops at the, if it stops at the television shows, I think there's plenty of people who are just saying, well, this is a business decision. It's a marketing decision. These yes. people, there's a there's a place in the market where people want these stories. Let's fill it. But I'm talking about abstract a step. I'm talking about the yes, I'm the with you now. Meta desire, the meta goal, the meta behavior here, where these behaviors, even if it's unbeknownst to the individual players, are acting mm-hmm. as an extension of one another and mechanically creating something that is that is horrifying. That, that, and, and, and that is perfectly in line with the stated principles of these ridiculous Marxists who want to prey upon your children, in my opinion. And there's an interplay between the innocent storytellers, so to speak, um, the, and the media outlets that are conspiring so that you don't have a voice to talk about it. And the government agencies that are cracking down on your ability to do anything about it. And all those people feed into the monster. And so it's hard to know mm-hmm. where it ends and where it begins because of that. Yeah, so, it's hard to make a true assessment of, of the writers of Blue's Clues' innocence in that point of view. Could right. they be feasibly? Feasibly, sure. Could they not be? Yes, just as feasibly, I think. And, and I think there's a mixture there. For I sure, agree. because because the idea that they don't understand what's happening when they engage in this behavior, I don't buy. Sure. No, sure at sure, at sure. least not for all of them. You know what I'm saying? Yes. yes. Let, let's talk about the most disgusting example and then nail this coffin. So, Hunter, do you want to tell us a little bit about the Washington Post article? Yeah, this lady in the Washington Post is just straight up crazy. Let's not call um, her a lady anymore because that indicates that she's at all dignified and worthy of our respect. Um, this human being? This trash... Who oh, writes trash. for the Washington Post. Yeah. Just read the headline like we need to go Shh. deeper. Showing sex kink to children encourages self-expression. Wait a minute. Is that the headline? I've got a different one. Oh, I read it from the Daily Wire's uh, uh, oh, headline. Oh, the gist of it? Let me, let me give you the real one. Uh, yes, kink belongs at Pride. And I want my kids to see it. Okay, go directly to jail. Just go directly (laughs) to jail. If that's the headline you're writing, just just, you, like, we'll get up now. We'll we'll call the police and just go directly to jail. It's disgusting, right? I mean, this is craziness. So, 
Let, let's get into the article. Do you, I, I think we should just read part of this verbatim, honestly. Okay, that that sounds fine to me. Did you want to start at the top and kind of work our way down? Uh, or so, is there a paragraph well, that you have particularly in mind? I've got, I'll, I'll read through two. Let me just say that that effectively this is written by Lauren Ruello. Um, she's, a, she's a piece of trash that lives in the Philadelphia area. And she is married to, I think, a, a man who transitioned into being a woman. I believe that's how it works. And she has at least one children, I think several. Uh, yeah, she's got at least two children. Let me read to you these two paragraphs from this article. So basically what happens is she takes her kids to a pride parade. And when they, when they marched around for a bit, here we enter the story. When our children grew tired of marching, we plopped onto a nearby curb. Just as we got settled, our elementary schooler pointed in the direction of oncoming floats, raising an eyebrow at a bare-chested man in dark sunglasses whose black suspenders clipped into a leather thong. Okay. Our elementary schooler saw a bare-chested man in a thong. And let's scroll back up to the title real quick. I want my kids to see it. Go to jail. Go... Uh, just go to hell like a dude in a thong i'm happy my kids saw that go to hell let's keep going the man paused to be spanked playfully by a partner with a flog go to hell that's child abuse i want my kids to see it i i want to watch my i want my elementary school kid to watch a half naked man in a thong and suspenders get flogged in the ass in public go to hell what are they doing my curious kid asked as our toddler cheered them on the pair was the first of a few dozen kinksters who danced down the street laughing together as they twirled their whips and batons some leading companions by leashes at the time my children were too young to understand the nuance of the situation oh were they not a lot of nuance honey what uh, were they were they too young to understand the nuance of the situation well Maybe you should wear a leather thong and we'll paddle your ass in the middle of the street and then we'll see if your kids can understand the nuance of the situation, you moron. At the time, my children were too young to understand the nuance of the situation, but I told them the truth, that these folks were members of our community celebrating who they are and what they like to do. The King community has participated in Pride since its inception, risking their jobs safe and safety to be authentically themselves in public. Let me just say that there is no moral reason or moral benightedness that comes along with you being your authentic self generally your authentic self is probably a piece of trash and if that's the case you should try and write for the washington post because it looks like there's space for you over there risking their jobs and safety to be authentically themselves in public still every year as pride month approaches the debate erupts about whether kink belongs at pride at all those hoping to oust the kinksters often cite the presence of children as their top concern yes of course Yes, of course. Skipping a little bit. When my own children caught glimpses of kink culture, they got to see that the queer community encompasses so many more non-traditional ways of living, being, and loving. Gross. Yes. Gross. Because when you say loving there, I know what you think you mean, but I actually know what you actually mean. Right. And the, fa- and the fact that you want your children to see it is disgusting. And, and, hey, guys, this isn't conservatives pounce. This isn't a, a right-wing talking a point. This isn't the new right-wing conspiratorial boogeyman. I'm reading verbatim what you wrote in the New York, or in the Washington Post. It's like the third biggest paper in the U.S. 
Disgu- this is this is straight pedophilic nonsense, garbage. It's disgusting. And, and this yeah. parent, this parent should have her children taken away. I'll say that not because it, we have a difference of opinion, but because she's a pedophile. I Let- think the thing that scares me the most about this paper, Christopher, is is not that someone exists with this opinion. You know, I'm not I'm not worried about that. Like, I, I know there's people out there that are this far gone, so to speak. Um, and they were here uh, before Barack Obama said it was okay to be gay. Sure. You know, right? And But the thing that's, like you, I'm, I'm very, very upset by the fact that it's in the Washington Post. You know, there's three newspapers that matter. The Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, and the Washington Post. You know, everybody else basically doesn't exist. Um, for, you know, as far as like mainstream, our, our newspapers of good repute, so yeah. to speak. Because yeah. right? the Babylon Bee is not in print. Not in print, but one day it will be, and then it'll be over. Right. Um, but, but, but the thing that, about this that is very concerning is, this is a little fringe right here. And it tells you that in the article itself. It says that, hey, some people who are a part of Pride don't think this is okay. So this yeah. is fringe, right? It tells you that, and it's not hiding the ball. Well, we've this conversation has been a conversation of fringe becoming mainstream rapidly, and without a way to and without a way to like take the brakes off. What's going to happen here? You know, if our kid can be taken away uh, and transition without our consent, what are they going to be able to see in an elementary classroom? Absolutely. When pride, when pride begins, well. You know, and because it's it's not it's not the fact that my kid won't be able to comprehend that you know two people of the same gender can love each other. You know, and I mean that in the uh, platonic sense. You know, mm-hmm. and things like that. I, you know, I, I I think they can understand that. But but what if it becomes you know, look, you need to understand this other way of being and this other way of expressing yourself. And it doesn't have to be just missionary. It can be kink too. Okay, and here's this is the this is a great point, Hunter. They they purposely are semantically overloading the term love in this article. They and this are is exactly what you're getting at. They're saying, yes. well, this is just how the kink community loves. Bullshit. Right. Bullshit. They do it the same way no. that everybody else does. It's quality time, gifts, you don't, affection. <laughs> you don't dress up in a leather thong and have your partner beat your ass with a ping pong paddle because that's how you express that you're always going to be there for one another. Correct. Correct. This is all about sexual pleasure. Correct. And you're happy that your children saw it. That is pedophilia. No matter which way you slice it. No matter how, no matter the reason that they are doing this, it's pedophilia. I'm going to get to the why now uh, before I just continue to swear and pump shotgun shell after shotgun shell into my <laughs> computer monitor while this, this article is on it. <laughs> I think I'm just going to mark this episode explicit and let it all ride. I don't think I'm going to censor it. Okay, I'm just going to go into the other room. You tell me when it's safe. Um, no, no, no. I just mean for what's happened so far. Okay, sure. the why. This isn't surprising. You indoctrinate the kids. You confuse them sexually. Then you offer them the treatment, whether that's hormone therapy or belonging in a leftist uh, mindset in a there are no objective standards everybody loves everybody and so you medically or societally pressure them into a viewpoint and then you tell the parents that they lose the kids if they don't adhere to the viewpoint too 
with all the backing of the state. That's what's happening right now in Texas and in Canada. Then you post things like this in the Washington Post where you show how open-minded and egalitarian you are and by comparison how bigoted anyone is who says, hey, you shouldn't rape kids and you shouldn't commit sex acts in front of kids. Power. It's all about power. These people are addicted to power. We talked about this in a previous episode, a recent previous episode. Idea, there is no truth to these people. There is no preference of one idea against another based on the intrinsic internal logic or merits of that idea. It is only how much power can be wielded against your opponents, against your foes, when you practice and preach that idea. And in America, the efficacy of an idea and its power in a democracy, which we are almost, is dictated on how many people agree with you on the idea. Politics is downstream of culture. You capture the minds of the people in the culture and you will capture the power of the political gun. This is how you make change. This is a pure Foucaultian power argument. And these people are addicted to it. They love it. They get off on it. And sometimes I mean that literally. They are bastardizing the sexual security, sacredness, understanding, and innocence of these children. And it brings them pleasure, both sexual and otherwise. These demons, these pedophiles using your children as bargaining chips in the culture war because it is exactly, exactly the way to strike at the heart of what they believe is the central issue of this fight, and that is power. You control the children, you control the next generation. You get the children to turn on their parents, you control the, the current one. And if you get the government to take the children away based on the the disagreements of children and parents you destroy the former this is pure marxism this is pure postmodern power argument I, I give these people no passes this is pedophilia in the name of marxism and there's a reason that these jokers find themselves aligned these can you imagine hunter can you imagine for a second this article translated to Arabic? Right, yeah, impossible, right? I mean, it would cause an uproar. And yet, and yet, this movement finds itself a fellow allied. traveler allied with the Free Palestine movement, let's say. Mm -hmm. What in the hell is going on? Right. No, and I mean, you know, just the fact, too, that the, just to kind of add to that, it's just the fact that, um, LGB doesn't really belong with T. Yeah, exactly. Right? And also the pride flag, um, how we've just seen five new colors added to it um, this this month. You know, and, and the strange thing, too, is, you know, nothing changed in black history, you know, month, so to speak. Um, pride seems to be this weird one where everything gets lumped into it, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, you know, but, but still, you know, if it is black lives matters, well, it's black trans lives that matter the most. Right. Mm -hmm. And so there's, there's this strange 
conflagration of all these ideas together that don't necessarily want the same things, that don't necessarily want the same things. And they're all heading in this strange path together, which is to do this move that people like. And I think it's twofold, Christopher. I think one is the fact that there are some people that really want to change culture to their Marxist uh Foucaultian ends, their postmodernist world, right? And they don't want the they don't want the strains of uh, pre-modernism and modernism upon them, right? They don't want the strain of the religious world, the morality, and they don't want the strain of the biological world upon them, modernism, sure. right? They don't want those. And then there's this other just strange side of it, which is I think some people just want to get back at their dad, right? <laughs> yeah. they, and I'm I'm being honest when I'm saying that that they're just so frustrated that people were telling them what to do and how to live their lives and what mattered and that it had nothing to, and they just they just want to win that argument once and for all and be on that moral high ground and just be the person above right and i and i i think that idea right there um it's not as insidious as the former right well yeah i, but, I agree but extrapolate but I, it, it oh sorry go ahead but it can be absolutely hijacked by the former, right? I, I think it goes maybe even deeper than that. I agree with I you think so 100%, too. but extrapolate it out one step. What is hating the West other than hating your dad with extra exactly. steps? Exactly right. It, it, like, it's an it's unsophisticated hate, form of the same idea. It, it, exactly right. If you, hate, if you hate the rules that have made you safe and let you be prosperous, right? right? If you hate the imposition of those that came before... What's the difference? Right. And so it's a good thing to ask yourself, if you do hate your father, are you thankful for everything that he did give you? Yeah. And can you find it within yourself, even in that, even in possibly righteous hatred, to be like, no, he still did this for me, and that's why I love him. And and your mother, too. It's, you know, it's similar. But And and how about the fact that you're here at all? Right, exactly. And and if you can't reconcile that fact, maybe you don't hate your dad. Maybe you hate being itself. Right. Uh, you know, Hunter, I think there's a reason that they use that that this issue. I think your juxtaposition of this and, and Black History Month was well put, especially the idea that as we look at Black Lives Matter, we have to add Black Queer Lives Matter and Black Trans Lives Matter. I think they use this issue specifically because when you've successfully removed religion, and religious, let's say, epistemology and religious ways of existing and ways of knowing and ways of communicating in a culture, when you've successfully hollowed and carved that out, what you're left with is a type of shallow hedonism. And if you have a type of shallow hedonism, then you are simply pursuing pleasure. And what are the pleasures? If they're not eating and screwing and sleeping, you know, and that's that's what these your your classist, your fat phobic, your transphobic, homophobic, you know, you can't move the homeless people when they take a crap outside of your house. We see the bolstering up of this hedonism on all sides. I haven't fully developed that idea, but I think it's I think it's reasonable as a starting point to explore why, why the hedonistic aspect of our culture exists 
and why it's flourishing, why it's grown so much in the past nine years and why it's targeting your children. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we all know that hedonism is attractive and interesting and who wouldn't want more of it, but can you truly be a hedon if you don't have a six pack? That's right. That- Look, <laughs> you're going to want to eat a lot, That's which right. means you're going to have to work out a lot because you're going right. to run out of energy in your uh, mission to procreate. <laughs> if you don't have reserves of plenty in your muscles, uh, and there's only one place to acquire such reserves, Hunter. FNXFit.com. That's right, FNXFit.com or carlpulling.com slash FNX. Find yourself a cocktail that will let you engage in the liberating binge of a millennia and then use <laughs> checkout code carlpooling for 15% off at checkout. Hey, Hunter, we yeah, didn't dude. disagree so much, but that was no. a fun episode. Thanks for talking with me about uh, pedophiles and rapists. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a dire seriousness, but no, and I think, and I think, you know, just to the last little drop here is just to say, you know, think about what you want your society and culture to teach your children, and I think we would all agree that the public institutions that would perform those decisions for us in a free society would be the most simple and the most basic. Yep. End of discussion. Yep. Well said. All right. Follow the show at Carl Pooling on the socials. I'm at Chris X Carl. Hunter's at Emotional Carl. Email us at carlpooling at gmail.com and check out all of our links and episodes and references, etc. ad nauseum at carlpooling.com. Guys, it's been a great week. If you find yourself at Pride Parade and you feel a mist in the air and you think, was that a... <sighs> the Delta variant. Was that the Delta variant? Was it a little rain or was that perhaps perhaps bodily effluvium do no. yourself a favor Mm-mm. be be proactive Mm-mm. get Mm-mm. tested Mm-mm.